0: I was afraid to eat real foods. I was afraid of almost anything and I might do it, but I was always worried like, what is this gonna do to my results? The biggest change I had to make was to exercise less and to be more active. Where I'm at today is life is easy. My weight is so easy to maintain. We'll figure out what works for you. Hey, my name is Shaleen Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me here today where I'm gonna share with you the 10 things I've had to do completely differently from when I was considered at the very top of health and fitness in order to get my body where it is today, to have my dream body and to get my life back. These are things that anyone can do. So if you've been struggling to lose weight, to change your body, to transform. If you've been trying to figure out, like, what's the best exercise program for me or how much should I be eating? Should I be doing keto? Should I consider a weight loss injectable? Like all of those questions and more, I'm going to address them today as honestly as I can. And I just want to thank you for being here with me. When it comes to transforming your body, I think most people's first thought is I need to lose weight. The majority of people, that's why it is a multi billion dollar industry because people struggle with this concept. And there's so many different reasons. There's so many variables that have caused us to be the most uh, obese nation in the world. If you're watching this or listening to this and you're in the United States, that's certainly true. But how do we change this epidemic? And forget about it being an epidemic. Like, let's talk about like me and you, right? Like, so how do I make this simple for me? How do I live my life and like my body and feel really good and not have to worry about this? Like, wouldn't it be freaking amazing to not have to worry about it? So I want to share with you the 10 things I had to do differently to be able to love my life, to be at the weight that I want to be at, to have the body that I want to have. And some of these things were hard for me to wrap my head around because they just didn't make sense. Like, I didn't want to believe them. So thank you for staying here with me and thank you for having this conversation. I would say the first thing that I had to do was be very, very self-aware of what it was I was doing and wasn't doing and all the areas where I was lying to myself, where like I would say I was getting enough sleep if one night out of the week I got eight hours. And then so someone would say, like, how much sleep do you get on average? I would say, oh, I don't know, like six to seven which the truth was, it was more like four hours of sleep. And then maybe one night I would get like seven and a half, maybe. I wasn't tracking it then either or ring to track it. So I don't even know if I was getting seven or eight hours of sleep. So there were all these things I was doing that were like in the back of my mind, that little voice was like, you're not being honest with yourself. And that makes a really big difference because the only person who gets hurt is you. And so that's the first thing is like being like really aware Really aware of your bad habits, of the calories you're not counting, of the thoughts that you have, of the way that you're treating your body, of the stress, like all the things I'm going to share with you, the rest of these tips, you really have to ask yourself, but am I really, right? Then the second thing I would say makes such a huge difference is, can I do this forever or almost forever, right? Like So when I was at the height of my fitness career, as many of you know, in consumer fitness anyways... I was exercising a number of hours. It was not sustainable, nor was it sustainable to be able to eat as little as I was eating. But that happened so gradually that I wasn't aware that it was unsustainable because it was like, well, I'm sustaining it. So why wouldn't I be able to do this for forever? But I wasn't thinking about the fact like nobody can do this forever. And it's pretty miserable. And I'm missing out on so much of my life and so many experiences. Like I would get nervous about going out to eat with people because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if everyone wants to share appetizers and it's something I can't eat? And then, then I'll feel pressured. Or what if we go on vacation and it's someplace where I can't get my safe foods or whatever? So I think it's part of it is just recognizing how far have you slipped? Can you continue doing what you're doing? And I'm not just speaking to people who have, or maybe think you might have some orthorexic tendencies or this podcast will also be up on YouTube, so I'm going to avoid saying the full word, but you know what word I mean. I'm also speaking to those of you who maybe have gone the opposite route. You don't recognize that you've gone from like having a glass of wine a couple nights a week to having a couple of glasses of wine most nights per week. And it becomes a slippery slope where you say to yourself, I'm doing everything the same, but can you and should you really maintain that? And if you do, what will happen? Either way, no matter what extreme you pick, you have to ask yourself, can I live the rest of my life? Will I live the rest of my life having optimal health and happiness if this is what I'm doing? Like You just have to ask yourself that and be really honest. And sometimes we don't want to be honest because we don't want to make that change, but it's so important. The next thing you have to recognize, and this is kind of hard for me, is you can't exercise away bad nutrition. Like Exercise is It's like an extra added bonus, but it all starts with nutrition. And you might not wanna hear that because you have bought into all these exercise programs that tell you you can change your life and change your body. But the reason why all those exercise programs also include a diet plan is because they know the exercise enough isn't enough. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you and tell you, when I was in consumer fitness and we did an exercise program, what you don't know is that they spend an insane amount of money delivering food that is very precisely macroed and based on calories to each one of the participants so that we knew that they could lose weight. And sometimes, this is my own truth, sometimes even the people who didn't show up to all of the workouts, even though they're part of a test group, they still lost a ton of weight because we were controlling their nutrition. So while exercise Does and I'm gonna get to this, like it all adds up, right? Like, but that's the smallest piece, not the smallest piece, but it's definitely smaller than anyone makes it out to be. The way I look at exercise now is I'm gonna do specific exercises to change my shape, not to lose weight, not to even burn calories. I don't ever look at how many calories I burned doing a workout because it doesn't matter and it's always off. It's always gonna be wrong. The machines are wrong. The amount of calories you see on packaging is wrong. Most calories, people, all marketers know that in order to have you buy that product, if it's got more calories, you're not going to want to eat it, right? Why do you think almost every single protein bar says almost the exact same number of calories? Like, Why is it every snack you pick up says 120 calories? Why? Could they all really be 120 calories? No, they're playing with numbers a little bit and our government allows them to be wrong up to 20%. Do you think they're going to be wrong on the low side? Hell no. They're going to be wrong on the high side. So that means what you think you're eating, you're probably off by 20%. Like it just, it's food. And to recognize that like the calories you're seeing on your labels, et cetera, are close, but they're not accurate. And a calorie is not a calorie. I mean, there's a lot of debate about this, but I think almost everyone agrees that the body processes processed foods in a much different way than it processes whole food calories, And we also know what sugar does to the body and the way that our body uses certain types of calories. So when I say nutrition is key, it really is. And if you continually cut calories, then you should, in essence, lose weight, right? Like I should have been losing weight, but in order for me to do that, I had to create a major deficit. And that wasn't easy because my metabolism was slowing down and I wasn't able to put on muscle. And because I wasn't able to put on muscle, then the body tends to store fat, which puts you at a slower metabolic rate. And so in order for me to like even maintain, I had to like exercise more and eat less. It becomes this vicious cycle. So the first thing you have to recognize is like, okay, so how many calories are you really eating? Like you've got to track. I don't track now. I do maybe once a quarter just to see like where I am. And in fact, I don't even do it once a quarter if I'm happy with the way my clothes fit. I don't weigh myself. And I got a message the other day on Instagram. Some lady said, Oh yeah, right. We're supposed to believe you never weigh yourself. Yeah. No, I don't weigh myself. Why would I weigh myself? Why would I let the numbers between my toes tell me if I should be in a good mood or a bad mood? I know if I'm a little bit heavier, so do you. Why do I need a number on a scale to tell me that? If I like the way I look, who cares what the number is? If I like the way my clothes fit, who cares what the number is? I get it. Some people do need to weigh themselves because... I don't know, they just do. And for some people, it keeps them motivated. Then That's perfect. That's right for you. It wasn't right for me. It affected my mood. If I went up a pound, I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I didn't eat as much yesterday. So I get weighed when I go to the doctor and that's it. And so this year when I went to the doctor for my annual, I was down three pounds and I was like, great. But I also didn't like let that sink in. Like you lost three pounds. Like, because I could have been up three pounds. I could have last year prior had a bowel movement, like just before I went. Or not had one. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many things that factor into that that I feel like I'm the same weight. And basically finding out when I went to the doctor that I was three pounds different from the year before tells me that I am basically the same weight. So I think clothes are a great way to do that. But when things don't fit the way that I want them to, then I have to or should probably track my calories and my macros. Okay. And I'll do that just to figure out like where am I? More importantly, I do it to figure out where am I forgetting about calories? We forget about the things that we drink, especially alcohol. We don't even include it when we're like adding up what I have today. We don't include sometimes our coffees and things we put in our coffees, our snacks, condiments, like all of these things. And then of course, like I said, very few people really are getting an accurate number of what they're burning. And the shorter you are, sorry, the more accurate or more devastating that it is going to be if your numbers are off. Hey, I want you to know this. If there's ever a time that I stop using or I don't find a product to be as helpful to me as it has been in the past, they will no longer be a show sponsor. I just want to state that clearly for the record. If, however, you hear me talking about something that I use all the time on the regular, you can... Rest assured, it is something I believe in. It's something that has become a part of my regular routine and a part of my regular life. And one of those products is Soul CBD. Maybe you've considered using CBD to help you to become more relaxed, to deal with anxiety, or to deal with aches and pains. I personally find that CBD combined with a few other really important all-natural ingredients for sleep have changed my bedtime routine. But I do want to mention that there are other ways you can use CBD because it is a natural product to help eliminate inflammation, to help with anxiety, with depression, sleep issues, back pain, joint pain, lots of other solutions. I just don't happen to have back pain or joint pain, knock on wood, but I Can't go to bed at night without taking my sleepy gummies. However, you should keep in mind that you get 15% off everything that GetSoul.com makes when it comes to their CBD products, which are 100% organic. They are made here in the USA. They have zero THC, so you don't have to worry about getting high. And not only is that a claim that they make, they third party lab test all of their products so you can rest assured that what you're getting is actually what's on the label. Unfortunately, they are not yet able to ship to Canada, but if you're in the United States and you'd like to get 15% off all of the CBD products that they make, including CBD products for your pets, go to GetSoul. This is a new link. All right, so if you've ordered in the past, please make note of this new link. It is Soul. Dot com forward slash chalene. that gives you 15% off and that 15% is taken at checkout a lot of you have said i've added to the cart and i don't see the discounts it is when you go to checkout that you will see the 15% is automatically taken off the total again that's get soul.com forward slash chalene for 15% off very few people really are getting an accurate number of what they're burning. And the shorter you are, sorry, the more accurate or more devastating that is going to be if your numbers are off. Okay. And so I want to talk about Ozempic for a second because this has really made me think about this conversation. I've been hearing from so many friends, family members, people in this community who said, I've tried everything. I've tracked my macros, I've tracked my calories, I've done all the exercise programs, I've tried to balance my hormones and nothing worked until I went on Ozempic. So does that mean Ozempic is doing something miraculous in your body? Well, this is the thing that I just don't think people are talking enough about. Is for most people, it's not burning fat for you. It's not revving up your metabolism. It's making you crave less. So then you eat less. So how is that any different from restricting? And again, I'm not speaking to those people who are type two diabetic. I'm not speaking to those people who legitimately need the medication. And I'm not saying that someone who's obese doesn't legitimately need the medication. In fact, I dare say that we might find it is useful. We don't know yet. We might find that it is useful for people who are like, I am doing all these things, but then they go on Ozempic or something similar with the semaglutides. Is that how you say it? I was- pronounce it wrong, like Ozempic and Wagovi or Manjaro, any of those drugs, right, which some now off-label are prescribed for weight loss. And when someone goes on one of those injections and then they stop eating as much and they lose weight, I mean, the elephant in the room is to say, well, then you were eating more than you thought before. You're eating less. So for those people who are like, no, I'm eating nothing and I'm not losing weight. And you were saying that before and you weren't losing weight, but now you're on the injection and you are losing weight. I don't know the answer because I've never done it. But every interview that I've tried and every piece of research that I can find on it, there's nothing that's happening in the body that's changing the way your body processes fat or your metabolism. It is a matter of helping to control the hormones that induce hunger, the hormones that make us crave food. So the question then is, are you prepared to be on this the rest of your life? The question is, would this be helpful to someone who really isn't as self-aware as they need to be? And I've heard from many people who've said, listen, I don't need it for type 2 diabetes, but I have been struggling with these last 50 pounds for forever. And I just, I feel like I've tried everything. I've tried every diet. I've tried every exercise program and I can't lose weight. So I want to try this. And I don't know enough about long-term studies of these medications to recommend them. But I do know it's helped a lot of people to figure out like, dang, I was eating a lot more than I realized. And I was also craving really unhealthy food that I'm no longer craving. So, be that as it may, all that to say nutrition matters. Nutrition really matters. And how much you're eating matters. Here's the deal where I'm at today is life is easy. My weight is so easy to maintain because it's doable. And I'm going to share with you all the things that I do, but I want to talk about nutrition for a second because nutrition for me was all like processed shakes and protein bars and all these things that are packaged as healthy. And I think a lot of those are off by the greatest margin when it comes to an accurate label on the calories, on the packaging for most healthy processed foods. Number one, number two, they're all processed. Number three, I was afraid to eat real food. So my nutrition wasn't really giving me what I needed. And so much of it was just like pretend chemicals pretending to be something healthy. Do you know what I mean? Like, And don't get me wrong. I still have a protein shake. When we're traveling, I always put protein bars in my bag because it's hard for me to get all my protein in, especially when we're on the road. So I still do it. But like I'm talking about in the past, I sustained myself on those things. And I was afraid to eat real foods. I was afraid to have birthday cake. I was afraid of almost anything, and I might do it, but I was always worried, like, what is this going to do to my results? So I think nutrition is really important. And here's the bottom line is there is a lot of truth to the fact that you have to be in a hypocaloric position, like you've got to create some kind of a deficit to lose weight. And so how do you create that deficit? Well, the thing you don't want to do is to overexercise. So let's talk about exercise for a second. The biggest change I had to make was to exercise less and to be more active. The type of exercise that I was doing was very intense. It was long duration. It was hard on my joints. I was running. I was doing cardio machines. I was doing high impact classes. I was doing HIIT workouts. And really the only thing I was doing that was moderate intensity was PIO. Today, I focus more on activity versus exercise. The only exercise I really prioritize is strength training but i'm also prioritizing being active so that means walking every single day that means thinking about like how long have i been sitting that means going up and down the stairs it's what they call neat so neat stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis which is just a fancy way of saying the energy that you're burning not exercising like you know that person who is like in your family member and they're always like tapping their knee or always like tapping the table and they probably are thinner than most people that is what i'm talking about it's like that nervous energy. Some people have that. Other people are just active. Like My dad is a perfect example of this. Like It's crazy to me the amount of food and the food that he does eat, but he stays so trim because the man never stops. He never sits down. He doesn't need to go to the gym. He's constantly active. And I think he thinks of that as his cardio. And while cardiovascular health is really important, you can accomplish that in 25, 30 minutes a day of walking. So that brings me to the point of exercise. So the exercise that I changed is now I do zone two cardio. Zone two cardio is basically in a nutshell, it's any cardio that isn't exhausting, that isn't hard on your body, that you could kind of do it indefinitely. You know what I mean? And you could also keep a conversation going. So Pio, brisk walking, any activity, like I could even be on a stair climber and consider that to be zone two, but that means I've got to stay in the zone two range so it's anything where it's not so hard that it's creating oxidative stress in my body we know that oxidative stress is going to kill you sooner than somebody who isn't doing oxidative stress the studies looking at women who do distance running and who regularly run lots of miles every single week and their longevity is one of the things that shocked me into realizing like i need to stop running number one I don't like it other than the fact i liked being alone and i liked how it felt meditative but i can accomplish the same thing with walking number two my feet always hurt my joints always hurt and i was always injured now that could have been a combination of things it could have been i was always injured because i wasn't eating right i wasn't getting proper rest but all i know is it was hard to run but i would force myself to do it once i started doing it then i would enjoy it but now looking at all the science On how hard it is on your body and what it does to your health long term. I just don't think most of us were meant to be runners. So I had to drop the high intensity workouts. I had to drop the impact and things that I thought were like, okay, I've got to do this for a sustained period of time to burn more calories. The fact of the matter is, if you look at your calorie burn, (laughs) this is ridiculous. If you look at your calorie burn per minute while you're running versus per minute while you're power walking, it's like minuscule. Like, Eat two less chips and you'll enjoy yourself. You can also have a conversation and you won't get injured. I don't know. Listen, if you love running, I want you to continue running. But if it's something you're forcing yourself into, not just running, but like anything that's like high intensity, it's hard, and you really have to talk yourself into doing it, reconsider. The next thing I had to do was I had to understand recovery because recovery to me, it just didn't make sense. Like, huh? how can you be making progress if you're doing nothing? That just doesn't make sense. So I never took days off. I didn't worry about my sleep. I just went and went and went. Even to this day, I'm still struggling sometimes with that mindset. Like I was just looking at like a friend of mine who's designed this exercise program for muscle strength. And when I was looking at it, I'm like, that's a lot of rest days. And he's like, yeah, if you want to put on muscle. Like, so my brain is like, I still struggle with some of these concepts even though I know them to be true, because when I wasn't getting rest, my body wasn't putting on muscle. True story. I lift almost as much now as I did back then, but I couldn't put on muscle. The difference now is I really focus on progressive overload and progressive overload specifically for lower body, because that's where I want to change my physique. I love the way it looks. I love what it's done to my lower body shape. I mean, I'm 54 years old and people are like, are you using a filter on your legs? Or like, what are you doing for you? Like my girlfriend, the other day, we were at the beach and I walked to the water and I came back and she was, wait a second. Like, I'm not trying to brag for like, this was a happy moment. And she said, is that one exercise that we did the other day? Is, is that why your legs look like that? I'm like, no girl, it's not one exercise. It's like all the exercises. It's all the focus. It's three days a week of progressive overload for my lower body. It's focusing on my hamstrings, my glutes and my quads. And I, I used to just focus on hamstrings because I thought quads would make my legs look bigger. Now I'm like, who cares? I want that muscle. I like the way that looks. I like that I can change my shape because cardio does not change your shape. No matter what cardio, it just won't change your shape. I don't care what the exercise program says that it will do. Pilates won't make you longer and leaner. And Piyo won't make you longer and leaner. Programs either put muscle on or they burn calories. And sometimes some programs can do both, but most of them, unless there is adequate resistance for you to overcome in a very short period of time, you're not going to put muscle on. So facts. Does that mean you shouldn't do those things? No. So as long as you're looking at your exercise, even your cardio exercise, as long as you're looking at it as activity and something you enjoy and something that makes you mentally healthier, like it feels good to do it, then do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying don't think that that can be your ticket to weight loss. Don't assume that doing a particular workout is going to help you lose weight. It's a combination of things. It's knowing your nutrition. It's creating that deficit of energy, right? Where you're burning more energy than you're consuming. And the easiest way to do that is, aside from NEATS, meaning like just the non-exercise movement that you're doing throughout the day, is strength training. Because strength training puts muscle in your body. And we know that muscle is a much more caloric-demanding tissue. Fat doesn't require much. That's what our bodies conserve when our bodies think that we're under attack, when we're being malnourished, when we have to go to a period of time without eating. So I know you're going to ask me, like, what about keto? And what about paleo? What about low carb? What about intermittent fasting? What about all these things? (sighs) Well, figure out what works for you. But the bottom line is, do you want to do that forever? That's why I phase my diet. Like I phase my diet based on where I'm at, what feels good, what season we're in what I feel like I need. But I don't ever want you to follow a diet that has a name. That in and of itself kind of has a red flag. That tells me that you don't trust yourself. You don't know what works for you. I would say track your macros and your calories for a couple of weeks religiously. Like, Don't do that indefinitely, but do it for a couple of weeks. And then you really understand like, oh, wow, I'm consuming way more than I thought. And again, whatever your number shows up on your MyFitnessPal, increase it by 15% because I guarantee the numbers on the labels that you're eating and looking at are wrong by up to 20%. So I think you're pretty safe by saying 15%. And also we are so bad as humans at estimating how much we had, especially when we go out to eat or we grab a handful of something. So take a look at that. Okay. I know you've seen this ad on TV. It is so memorable. It's a woman basically who's telling you how to use a deodorant stick in your nether regions, if you know what I mean. And when you watch this ad, you won't forget it because you feel like you're watching like an Instagram or a TikTok. I love organic ads, by the way, basically user-generated content. It was enough to inspire me to check out Lumi. Now, Lumi is a company that makes a whole body deodorant. It just makes sense. Like I don't sweat under my arms. I don't know if you do. My thing is I wanted a deodorant that was safe and Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered by doing clinical testing that it's not the vagina. It's not necessarily your underarms that make people smell. It's an imbalance in your pH levels. So she created this very uniquely formulated pH balanced deodorant. That's aluminum free. It's safe to use on your skin and it's clinically proven to help you control odor are you ready for this for up to 72 hours and i can tell you from personal experience that 72 hours claim is legit personally i would recommend you check out the starter pack and they've got a great deal for listeners of the chalene show you get five dollars off the starter pack when you use code chalene and you go to lumideodorant.com so you can use it just about anywhere to help fight odor. And let's face it, if you live in your yoga tights all day, if you marinate in them, this is just a good idea. And remember, as a new customer to Lumi, you get $5 off your starter pack when you use code Shalene and go to LumiDeodorant.com. I can't wait to hear what you think about this stuff. I think you're going to love it. Again, it's LumiDeodorant.com and don't forget to use code Shalene. I guarantee the numbers on the labels that you're eating and looking at are wrong by up to 20%. So I think you're pretty safe by saying 15%. And also we are so bad as humans at estimating how much we had, especially when we go out to eat or we grab a handful of something. So take a look at that. The next thing I I want to talk to you about is hormone replacement. So especially those of you who are menopausal or perimenopausal, you want to know your hormone levels. And here's why. This is my personal opinion. I am not a doctor. this is what I know to be true from working with tens of thousands of women and hearing from them, them listening to my show and talking to the doctors who are on the front line of helping women specifically and men balance their hormones. Here's what I do know. Getting your hormones in check isn't going to dramatically help you lose weight. It won't, but here's what it does do. Okay. It fixes your mood. It improves your sleep. It improves your stress, it improves your happiness, it improves the way your skin looks and feels, it improves your body's ability to put on muscle, it improves your recovery rate. And all of those things, think about it, all of those things are gonna help you be a more optimal human. And when you're a more optimal human, you're more likely to be more active, you're more likely to make better food choices, you're more likely to move more, you're more likely to drink less. So it's not that balancing your hormones is gonna be this magical cure. You have to change your lifestyle. And a lot of times for women, when they hit menopause or perimenopausal, and I don't care what age you are, you can be 65 years old. It's not too late to get your hormones back in check because you don't have to live that way. And another thing a lot of people don't consider when they're thinking about their hormones is that, yeah, you should be creating most of these hormones. We should be creating them ourselves. But most of us have an imbalance because of our nutrition. Almost everyone is deficient in the major nutrients, right? Like, so- If you're deficient in those nutrients, the nutrients that allow our bodies to create the hormones that help us to crave less food, to control our hunger, to get better sleep, that regulate mood, that regulate energy, that regulate thermogenesis, all of these things, if our hormones are off because we're not eating the right foods and we're not robots, like I don't want you to be so overwhelmed with tracking, like, am I getting enough magnesium in my meal today? Like, Who's got the time to do that? I'm not a biohacker and frankly, Sorry if this offends anyone. I think that people who are like obsessed with biohacking, it's very obsessive and it's not necessarily a healthy thing because you have to be thinking about it constantly. Everything is bad for you, everything is dangerous, everything is going to take years off your life. And at a certain point, you have to just live your life, right? So for me, I'm just going to take supplements. And if I get too much of a certain vitamin or mineral, then, you know, I'm going to pee it out for the most part. Like I'm not going to be obsessive about this, I'm going to make sure I get. A healthy balance based on the supplements that I take because I know that my nutrition isn't going to be on point, whatever that means, every single day. I'm not the expert, but I would recommend you listen to many of the previous episodes I've done with specifically female experts on the topic of women's hormones and how it can help you to live not just better, but longer right? And when you feel better, you tend to do better. But if you balance all of your hormones and you don't change any of those things, you're not moving more, you're not exercising, you're not lifting weights, if you're not drinking less, if you're not sleeping better, if you don't change any of those lifestyle things, then hormone replacement is really, all it's going to do is maybe help you live a little longer, but it's not going to change your weight. Changing your weight happens because we are a walking hormone, right? So that's why Balancing your hormones is freaking huge. It's crazy to me that people don't realize. They're like, oh, I I started experiencing depression when I hit menopause. I'm like, and you haven't looked at your hormone levels? Huh? Like, it's a pretty big deal. It's a really big deal, especially if you're struggling with sleep or even your sexual health. Like, you're going to want to eat better and move more and take care of your physique if you're feeling more sexually attracted to your partner, right? And then it's just like, positive spiral upward because you're like, you're feeling more attractive, which makes you be more attractive, which also makes you more sexually interested. It all works hand in hand. It's not one thing. I know you are listening to this or tuned in because you want that one thing, but I'm giving you all the things. And I would be a phony if I told you it's just this one thing. And then I also want to say, and this is a really big one, is we've got to stop worrying so much. About what you're doing wrong and looking for that magic bullet because I know you don't want to hear this. It is all the things. You know, and back to my conversation about Ozempic, I better close the loop on that. It just makes me realize, and again, I'd love to hear your comments below. And I'd like to know your thoughts on the weight loss injections. Again, I'm talking specifically to the people who are taking them for weight loss. I hear from people over and over and over again who are like, I tried everything and until I took this, I couldn't lose the weight. But I'll say to them, what's different? And they're like, well, I don't crave bad food and I'm not as hungry all the time. I'm definitely eating less. So my question is to those people, I'm not talking to, again, type two diabetics or someone who has PCOS, maybe it's super helpful to you. But I'm speaking to those people who are taking it or considering taking it for short-term weight loss. Ask yourself first, if you've done all the things that we talked about in this episode? And have you been really honest about them? And if you feel like you have, then maybe it's worth a try. Because what I think it will do more than anything is it'll help you to see, because if you lose weight on it, then it's because you're eating less, which means you were eating more than you thought before. right? My fear is, and I haven't heard anyone talk about this yet, is what is going to happen to people's metabolism who are eating significantly less, and they haven't changed their exercise routine much if at all and then they go off it now their metabolism is slower and their hormones their hunger hormones they haven't learned how to adjust them naturally which you can do you definitely can learn to adjust your hunger hormones naturally it's one of the things we teach in phase it up but most people don't want to like hear that because they're like can i just take an injection to do it like oh i have to do all those things oh i have to sleep more oh my gosh, I have to eat the right balance of macros? That sounds boring. You know what I mean? Like people would rather go, just give me an injection. And listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I think for some people, it could be the ticket. It could be that thing that changes the way you understand your hunger. It could be the thing that changes the way you understand your emotional eating. I know when I was researching fasting and I experimented with it. Obviously, again, in phase it up, You know, learning how to prepare my body to fast, and then going through the fasting process, I learned so much about my body and hunger and my hunger cues. I learned so much about my energy, my brain function. I learned so much about the times of day that I was eating because it was a habit. For me, it was like such a game changer because then once I stopped fasting, which, you know, again, I did a not a true water fast, but like I like to call a fat supported fast. Once I stopped fasting, it wasn't even about the weight loss. It was about like, oh my gosh, inflammation is gone. The times of day that I was eating, the things I thought I needed. It's just crazy. Like, It opened up my eyes to so many habits, some of which were emotional eating, some of which were like eating out of boredom and it created a permanent change. So if taking Ozempic or some injectable helps you to create permanent change, then I think it's awesome. But I say that with an asterisk because I don't think we have enough long-term studies yet for everyone to be jumping up and down over this stuff. Would I try it? I don't think so. For the same reason, I would have never have done a fitness competition because even before I got into consumer fitness, my thought was always, I never want to do something I can't maintain, right? And that was one of the reasons why when I did have to drop weight, and it wasn't a lot, but drop enough weight when I was doing consumer fitness workouts. When I did that, I knew like, I've got to get out of this fast because I can't sustain this and I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be someone who can enjoy life and who thinks that their physique is like, it's all consuming and all you're thinking about is your weight and all you're thinking about is your next meal and all you're thinking about is your body. And boy, I tell you what, I want to end with this. It's almost, I don't know if it's sad or comical to think back. On the endless hours, days, weeks of my life, I wasted obsessing and trying to fine tune something that today is so easy. And I think that boils down to mindset. Like I had to get to a place where I'm like, I like me. And if that's five pounds heavier or 15 pounds heavier or exactly the same, I don't care. I need to pull myself out of an environment where people are telling me what to think about me so that I can remember that I'm the only one that matters. I know what healthy is. It's not a look, it's a feeling, it's energy, it's mood, it's vibrance. It's so many things that can't be captured in a stupid Instagram post where people are like, hashtag goals, like, It's just crazy now for me to think like, it's no big deal if I miss a workout. I just don't worry about my macros or my calories because I know generally what works for me. I'm not afraid of food. I love exercise, but I love strength training and and just thinking about like oh the the number of things that I didn't go to or I missed out on because I was afraid I would miss an extra workout or I wouldn't be able to go as hard. The opportunity is to just like let go and be free. I missed out on those things. And for what? Like I literally weigh almost exactly the same today. My body looks totally different, but it's got more muscle. And of course I'm older. So those things are going to change, but I'm so much happier. I feel like this needs to be a public service announcement. Do you know that nearly 50% of people in the United States are having inadequate levels of magnesium, completely deficient? And it's not just because of our dietary choices. Like You can be eating a very healthy diet that you think has everything you need to produce enough magnesium, but for some people, it's genetic. For some of us, it is the way that we eat and the way that we live and how we exercise. But again, almost 50% of people are deficient in magnesium. And if you are a woman, especially important that you get a quality magnesium supplement because... If you don't, I mean, when you're deficient in magnesium, it's associated with osteoporosis, mood swings, nerve malfunctioning, hormone dysregulation. There's so many things that having the right level of magnesium in your body actually helps to alleviate a lot of these symptoms, including a lot of the symptoms of menopause, even hot flashes and night sweats. I know a lot of you have been talking about getting your hormones tested, which I think is a great idea, but why not also consider doing a supplement that you're likely deficient in anyways. It's going to improve all of these areas. Plus, it can probably help you sleep. And you don't even have to research the best company out there because I already did that for you. What I take is Magnesium Breakthrough. You can get it at magnesiumbreakthrough.com. And when you go to magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash offer, you're going to get 10% off. I mean, why not? Use code SHELENE, Offer. Don't forget the word offer. And for a limited time, if you buy three bottles, they're actually going to give you an extra gift worth purchase. That's just for lifers. So don't wait. Go check it out. MagnesiumBreakthrough.com forward slash Offer for a high-quality magnesium supplement that includes seven of the essential strains of magnesium that your body needs to function at its highest. All right, back to the show. My body looks totally different but it's got more muscle. And of course I'm older. So those things are going to change, but I'm so much happier and so much more freedom. But I do give a lot of thought now to other things like my sleep. And rather than thinking like, oh gosh, I better wake up early to get this workout done. I think to myself, you're going to do your body so much more good if you can sleep another hour. Okay. So let me just give you a quick recap of the things that I've done differently that have helped me to maintain this weight, to have a body that I like and appreciate. And I think it's more beautiful than it was when I was at the height of my consumer fitness career. And it is this, it is being self-aware, like knowing truly what it was I am doing, like how it affects me and being honest with myself about those things. It is really knowing what my calorie intake needs to be, not to the exact number, but generally speaking, and then recognizing that I needed to eat real foods and how often I need to eat and what amount did I really need to eat and, and like really truly understanding nutrition for me. It was also recognizing that I didn't need to exercise more. I need to be more active. It's also recognizing that when I was doing cardio, it needed to be in the zone two range. And that my primary form of exercise needed to be and continues to be, it makes me so happy. Strength training, lifting heavy, progressive overload. That that means just continually taking the weight up so I keep getting stronger and stronger. Is there a limit to that? Sure, on some exercises. It was also giving myself permission to trust the scientists that have been saying for years, you make progress with rest and getting proper sleep and getting proper rest and taking days off It was balancing my hormones, not to lose weight, but balancing my hormones so that I could feel like myself again. So I had the same energy and sex drive so that my skin felt better, so that my joints didn't hurt, so that I could sleep better, like all the things that make you a more optimal human. And it was also to stop worrying about my weight or what anyone else thought about my body. Stop weighing myself and just pay attention to how I felt and how I look and making myself the goal and not worrying about what anyone else expected or trying to look like anyone else and just like being really grateful for this body that I'm in, this body that it's just amazing what it has done for me and what your body does for you. It's it's just a remarkable thing. And it's sad to me to think that I was so mean mentally, like the things I was saying to my body when it was going above and beyond and I was just torturing it. And I guess lastly, I would say it's reducing stress, right? And you hear that, but like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Because a certain amount of stress is good for us, and I like a certain amount of stress. So what does that mean to reduce stress? I don't know. For me, it meant not being less busy. For me, it was recognizing like, what makes me unhappy? Like, that's what stress is, right? Stress isn't being like, so, so, so busy. I think it's, what is making me unhappy? And what was making me unhappy was having to be something for other people, having to always show up at a certain time, certain place, say things that I didn't necessarily agree with. It was too many demands on me from the wrong kinds of people or the wrong kinds of places, the wrong kinds of projects. And I'm not just talking about fitness, I'm talking about like marketing and business related things too. And now the way that I reduce stress is just by asking myself before I take on anything new, I just ask myself, okay, what is this going to do to my level of peace in my life right now? Because if it's going to decrease my peace, then I don't care how much money it adds to the bottom line. That's stupid. Who cares? My peace matters most. And that's, for some people, that's stress. And I like a certain amount of stress and pressure actually makes me happy. You know what I mean? So this is just my personal opinion is that when you hear someone say, like, reduce stress, I think it would be easier if we just said, try to reduce the things, do less of the things that aren't making you happy. I hope that makes sense. I know this is simple. I'm making it sound simple, but there's a lot of elements here. They're all simple elements and you gotta stack them all. We keep desperately searching for that one thing. Can you tell me like how much protein I should have? Can you tell me which workout I should do? Should you tell me how much sleep I should get? Like we keep hoping that there's this one magic bullet, but there isn't. It's a culmination of all these things. And we've got one life to live. So stop obsessing about it. And like most of these things I've talked about are, are pretty basic very doable. Anyone can do them. You can do them, but you've got to create a plan. You've got to create some accountability and you've got to make these things habits that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And I know you can. I'm positive you can. Hey, thanks for being here. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.